All right. Follow my thought process. Okay. Werewolf. Yes. Ric Flair. Yes. Gets bitten by a werewolf, becomes Were-Flair. Yes, I like it. Were-Flair. What's the transformation like? Do you, like, do you just, as instead of turning into this hideous, like, half-man, half-wolf thing, you just get, like, nice suits and limousines, <laughs> and you just start Boas. smiling and profiling, like, the, the You start growing, like, a, a pompadour on your head, yeah. like, big blonde hair. And then whenever the, uh... And then once the moon sets and, and it's daylight, it's like it's like a Rick. Whenever you see Rick Flair now, when he wrestles at the end of the yeah. mass, and he's just oh the hair's all just everywhere, and he's just half dead, just, that, that's <laughs> bleeding. You, that's where you just wake up, just like, why is my throat so sore? Just you just immediately flop on your face. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to bite people or scratch them to turn yeah. into werewolf. You just chop them. Yeah, good good woo chop. Get somebody in the in the corner of it and just the fuck's out there wooing put him in the figure four leg lock <laughs> that'd be awful you just go around turning into rick flair all the time like the full moon comes get away from me get away <laughs> why what's wrong honey just i can't like woo. Just please woo. oh my god what has happened and then you start doing that walk yeah it's kind of like the uh the uh uh, Jason Voorhees, like, just as a slow thing, but somehow he's always, always right behind you. <laughs> doing the strut. <laughs> Which, did you see the, um, did you see the Stephen King, Jason Voorhees thing? Yeah, I was the one who shared that. And I assumed you saw what I shared. No, you know what? I didn't share that. I just, I sent that to someone. I thought I sent it to you. I guess I didn't. M- maybe you sent it to your sister. The article, though, I think I did. The article, though, stated that he'll probably never write one. Oh, it's no. just like a dream. Yeah. And he, the way he talked about it, it was a first person. Like, he would, you'd be Jason Voorhees, yeah. and that would be the, I want to see it. Yeah. I want to see that story. It needs to be told. Maybe we're the one. The, the licensing, that's the problem. Yeah, that's the thing. Fucking licensing. Because I think he was even just like, not even like, if I write it, he's like, I just want to see somebody do it. Mm-hmm. That would be neat. The DPW podcast, drunk, 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 a pen riding. I'm your host, Caleb James. With me today, Spencer, the Calcutta Cow Kicker Church. That was a lot more difficult to say, but I did yeah. it. You yeah. could, you could easily slipped up and said something offensive there. So close, <laughs> and I thought about it. And actually, the original name was the offensive <laughs> name. The Calcutta is what saved it. <laughs> Because with the Calcutta, I it, it would actually be harder to say the swear <laughs> yeah. than to not say the swear. You ever been to Calcutta? No. Not nice. Not a nice place to visit. You know no. why? It's dirty. Yeah. Maybe. Where is Calcutta? Is it like by Morocco? You were born in Morocco, weren't you? No. No, that's not you? No, not well. It's all these man. names I just assumed you were not American. <laughs> no, I'm from Parts Unknown. Parts Unknown, yeah. The most lazy gimmick. Parts unknown. I thought that's where Ashley was from because we fucking he lives in like Missouri, so he might as well be parts <laughs> yeah, unknown. <right. laughs> he lives like in the woods. I'm gonna be living in the woods here soon. I'm excited. Yes, folks, we are gonna be getting a podcast studio, and hopefully a month or two, we'll see. 
Fucking time drags. Go ahead, clang and bang. I'm not doing anything. Come in here and start deadlifting 500 pounds. <laughs> as long as she has good form, you can't get mad at it. You know? Nice clean and jerk, baby. Now, the question is, though, in this nice new studio, do we ever start to flirt with the idea of a video? I thought about that. You know, obviously not not live. Baby steps. Yes. Just, just recording it and then putting it out and see if we can do that without it fucking up too bad. The prop. Yes, yes. YouTube. The problem is we would have to have like two cameras or I don't know how to do that part where it would be like the back and forth. Unless if we do the thing where we're both on the same side of the table facing the camera. See, the problem is we're terrible at talking, so I have to cut out the awfulness that we have quite often. Yeah. So if I enter, or just to shorten the episode, so if I do that on video format, it'd be like, it'd be like yeah. these jump cuts. <laughs> it'd be like, why is there so many star, like, what do they call those? Uh, well, like, the, like the Star Wars the trans- wops. Yeah, like the trans- well, the transition, yeah, the wash. Like, why are there so many star washes? <laughs> There's a fireball wash. Like, it just keeps going. <laughs> Yeah, everybody does video podcasts, but yeah. they're better at podcasting. Yeah, just put the camera up so you can see you. That's what he was saying, but I'm saying when I edit the podcast yeah, okay. and cut stuff, we just have to not be as be choppy. Shitty. Is hers choppy? I mean, I guess it doesn't matter if it's choppy. Do you guys care? Let us know on the DPW forum. Ooh, there's a forum? No, there's not. Go ahead and take that banana. Eat it. Bye. Eat it. Do you be but come in here with your negativity <laughs> be on YouTube yeah we'll be on YouTube smash the like button I hate that it makes me do the opposite <laughs> it makes me click the dislike button very slowly okay before you start entering <sighs> we've been started we started seven minutes ago go ahead give him his meat he just had some meat no he had a, a, a thing oh. I don't know what that was I see in the podcast studio we won't ever have this, so our podcast will be smoother, unless, uninterrupted. Unless if it just all rumbles from above, like it just. I didn't think of that. That would fucking suck. Also, the laundry room is down there. There's like a door that goes to the laundry room, and I feel like she will always have to Mr. do laundry yeah, right then. Always doing laundry. It's the only time of the day, guys. I need to use the bathroom. Right. Use the upstairs bathroom. No, I like this one. Well, uh, well, uh, I mean, that's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, uh, in my <laughs> opinion, or in my in my experiences, I find not a no comment or a pick a fifth on these situations of the marriage her just just delivered uh, a bit less unsaid by third parties. Trying to run a business here. It's really hard starting a podcast empire. When you don't want to stay out of my fucking podcast studio, flip the table. <laughs> Um, sorry about the interruptions, folks. I don't know what happened. Oh, that doesn't sound healthy. <laughs> so you want to read weird fiction? Here's where to start, Spencer. This is uh from PenguinRandomHouse.com. So this is reputable. I'm not going to read their introduction. I'm just going to get into it. This is just stories, books. I don't know. Did you read the article, Spencer? I looked through a couple of the books just to kind of see, but I didn't look through the whole thing. But well, I figured we'd also probably have some ideas of some word stories the the the, uh, the listeners could read. Oh, yeah. We will get to that. 
But if you're looking for some weird fiction, what's weird fiction? Stories that are weird. That's in my opinion. First up, now this is a... It's not a good start because I don't feel like this story is super weird. But it is H.P. Lovecraft, which is a weird... So it weird by default. Yeah. At the Mountains of Madness. This is one of his like longest stories. It was like a damn novel. Um, you haven't read this one yet, have you? I that's what I was trying to remember. I wanted to. I feel like it's two hundred pages long. It seems like it I, goes on forever. I wanted to go check. I'm, I meant to go check on my Kindle to see, you know, if I read that one mm. yet, but I forgot. Well, they start off here with no introduction to weird fiction would be complete without a nod to H.P. Lovecraft. That is true. Yeah. I could think of way weirder oh, wh- stories, though. I, w- I wouldn't start. Like, that's at the end of the course. Yeah. You want to ease, like, you know what I mean? You want to dip your toes in a little bit. Like, Well, you know what? I mean, I'm, I'm besides the length, though, this story is one of his easier to read stories. True. Because it doesn't have, like, you know, the crazy monster names and stuff like that. But the... uh. At the Mountains of Madness was my introduction to the genre. Who wrote this article? I should probably... Is it one of these fucking things where there's like no... Why did sites do that? Come on, Penguin Random House. Fucking credit your your author here. Who wrote the... Nobody. Nobody wrote this article. So this is... I don't know whose opinion this is. It's probably the opinions of whatever books that Random House is trying... Penguin's trying to sell right now. Most likely. So anyway, At the Mountains of Madness was my introduction into the genre and is one of those wondrous pieces of fiction that continues to linger with me. See, I thought this was one of his most boring stories. Ooh, why does it keep doing that? Does the picture keep popping up? Now, see, that actually looks like a full novel, doesn't yeah. it? The picture of the book? Yeah. It's not a book. It's supposed to be, I guess, a novella because it was in my collection, but anyway. Oh, fucking. As soon as, as soon as you go back. Yeah, it pops. At the Mountains of Madness, with its incredible atmosphere and finally wrought sense of existential dread, tells the story of a primordial city discovered beyond an arctic mountain range and presents essentially all of the elements that made Lovecraft's work so groundbreaking. The well-tuned and expansive language, the arcane and bizarre creatures, and most importantly, the sense of utterly crushing fear. Now, I'll get you an introduction. A real introduction. (laughs) Sorry. That's how I talk to my dog. The Mountains of Madness is about these guys go into Antarctica, and there's a mountain, and it makes them mad. No, there's like a mountain and some shit, but what they find is, like it said, they find this whole city under this mountain, but it's, again, H.P. Lovecraft, so it's undescribable architectural cyclopean geometry and, you know, weird angles. And then they go down, and they're exploring the ruins. That's the cool part. The problem is this fucking, it's such a long lead-up. Oh, so is it, like, is this the one where, like, he, like... Even as, and like at the end, like the tone just keeps getting like thinner and thinner. I don't remember, uh, but they get chased by like a blob monster or something. There's like some kind of gross monster. See, it sounds kind of familiar, but then like he also has like a lot of stories that are kind of similar. Well, like I said, this was like 200 pages. So if you read this, you would you would know you read this. This is one of the harder ones for me to read because it did start off very boring in my opinion. A lot of scientific jargon and stuff, but it is a weird story. I'm trying to think of what um. Okay, I'm going to recommend some weird H.P. Lovecraft stories that I think are a little cooler. Shadow over Innsmouth? Yeah. That's a good one. That one was, yeah. Out of the ones that I've read, that's been one yeah. of my favorites so far. The Witch House? Uh, I think that's the name of that one. The Color Out of Space was another really weird but good one. And uh, I would say start with those. When you get Fish Monster people, that's the Shadows over Innsmouth. That's, I would recommend that for anybody to read because it's more... 
like a normal way of telling a story, but still kind of cool. Like it's definitely H.P. Lovecraft, but it's not like you know H.P. Lovecraft. Like oh, I can't fucking get through this nonsense. So it's uh more entertaining. Next up, uh, I don't like that book design. It reminds me of uh, Moon Knight. Oh yeah. Um, City of Stairs by Robert Jackson Bennett. If you've yet to discover Robert Jackson Bennett, City of Stairs is the place to start. The novel is the first in Bennett's Divine Cities trilogy and melds bits of fantasy with speculative sci-fi horror and the political thriller. City of Stairs begins with a whip-smart diplomat investigating the death of a colleague, but quickly spirals into a political power struggle involving a pantheon of deities long thought dead, magic, Lovecraftian horrors, and a disturbing cityscape that defies our conception of geometry. So it sounds like kind of like a Lovecraft with the you don't understand the geometry. So is that what we're going with? Just fucking everything's indescribable. I don't know how you feel about that one, but I don't feel that interested. No. It's, it's, it's just one of those like modern, like hard to get into series for, you know. My problem is with books like that and uh, like people that want to kind of pay homage to Lovecraft and stuff. I could just read Lovecraft. I mean, I guess that's a shitty thing to say because, oh, I want to pay homage to Stephen King. Well, I could just read Stephen King. Like, but I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I want people to create their own imagery and their own kind of universe, not use Lovecraftian-esque monsters. Create your own goddamn monsters. And, and I don't know, this might just be because of the, the, the artwork on the cover, but it seems like one of those kind of books or series of books where it's like anybody could write it. Yeah, yeah, it just it looks kind of generic. I mean, maybe it might be really good. I never heard of that guy, so... City of Stairs. If any of you folks have read it, let us know. The Hike by Drew McGarry. This 2016 novel follows a man whose short hike into the woods behind his hotel in rural Pennsylvania becomes an adventure, adventure into a fantastical world of bizarre demons, man-eating giants, and wickedly profane crustacean companions. It explores the more absurdist end of the weird fiction spectrum and, despite a healthy dose of humor, is brimming with the horrific and macabre. That I'm interested in. That might have to be a book review or something. Or a book club or something. The Hike. Is that on Amazon? It is. Uh, Make sure we check that out because that sounds, yeah, not just because it's in Pennsylvania, but just because it sounds interesting. Yeah, but then also that rural Pennsylvania too also kind of like. Yeah. I kind of know that area a little bit. Next up, Perdido Street Station by China Miavella. Uh, oh, God damn it! What did I do? I really don't like this fucking layout of this article. I think this is how you should stop putting our stuff out on the website. Make it so every time you scroll, a big fucking ugly picture covers yeah. what you're reading. Why Why yeah. couldn't they just have the, the paragraphs are so small. Why does the picture need to cover the paragraphs? Anyway, Perdido Street Station, a magnificent fantasy rife with scientific splendor, magical intrigue, and wonderfully realized characters told in a storytelling style in which Charles Dickens meets Neil Stevenson. Perdido Street Station offers an eerie, voluptuously crafted world that will plumb the depths of every reader's imagination. I don't know if I want Charles Dickens meets anything. (laughs) I mean, I like Great Expectations. Charles Dickens is just too goddamn long-winded. If your story's long-winded, I'm not interested. I'll read it, but I don't have to like it. Oh, oh, man. What what are you a man in? Oh, 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 yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, If you want to check out the uh, inebriated reading challenge me and Ashley did some time back, 
House of Lees by Mark Z. Danieluski. So, oh, I get sick thinking about it. Oh, I'm interested to see what the what this review of this book is. Like, how do you sum uh-huh. that thing up? You guys couldn't do it in like four episodes. How are they going to do it in a paragraph? <laughs> House of Lees was once nothing more than a badly bundled heap of paper, parts of which would occasionally surface on the internet. Some would argue that it's still a badly, <laughs> a badly bundled heap of paper. It just has cooler fonts. No one could have anticipated the small but devoted following this terrifying story would soon command. Starting with an odd assortment of marginalized youth musicians, tattoo artists, programmers, strippers, environmentalists, and adrenaline junkies, the book eventually made its way into the hands of older generations who not only found themselves in those strangely arranged pages, but also discovered a way back into the lives of their estranged children. That, if you notice, didn't review the book at all in any yeah, kind of way. It didn't, didn't even no, explain the book. Nope, didn't even try. It's just uh, House of Leaves, folks. I would not recommend it. Uh, it is weird, though. If you want weird fiction, give it a read. But I feel like it's more weird just because of the formatting and the nonsense they went with there. Do you know, has he ever written anything else? Yeah, he's like some pompous fucking... I forget. He had like some news series that is like also ridiculous and experimental. and He just reminds me of one of those like modern artist guys who's like oh this is a a painting it's completely red and it's it's gonna sell for 30 million dollars he he kind of reminds me of just not really know even reading his stuff but seeing just seeing the book and, and stuff like that he seems like he kind of wants to be like an alan moore but maybe like the like the novelist version of whatever alan moore would be i don't know i mean he can write very well and the actual there's like the main story and the sub side story i don't know what the fuck you consider it they were both very like interesting and they were good and like he did atmosphere great and there were parts that were fucking scary but it's just all the other stuff in the book makes it fucking almost pointless to read like if you just had the main story good lord somebody's rowdy today oh you all right so what the fuck in the house Yes. Well, how, how how old is he? He's gonna be six this year. So what then? What's what's the dog years? Is it seven? It's like forty two. Yeah, he's a grown man. Yeah, so he's probably like fuck you guys. Life's almost So again, if you want the real breakdown of House of Leaves, listen to our episodes that we did on them. I don't know, year ago. I don't even remember how long ago. They're very. People liked them because they're very highly viewed or downloaded or whatever. Uh, next up, this is one I always kind of wanted to read. Yeah, me I, too. I, I just... never really got... Uh, I don't think I've read anything from H.G. Wells. Have you? No. No, not really. The Island of Dr. Moreau. See, every time I think about The Island of Dr. Moreau, I think of uh, Marlon Brando with that chicken bucket on his head with the little uh, little mini guy yeah. clone thing that was from the shitty movie he did yeah. where he just like went completely crazy. Adrift in a dinghy. I didn't know dinghy had an H in it. I've been spelling it wrong this whole time. Weird, man. Things you learn on the internet. Adrift in a dinghy, Edward Prendick, great name, <laughs> the single survivor from the good ship Lady Vane, is rescued. <laughs> is rescued by a vessel carrying an unusual cargo, a menagerie of savage animals. Nursed to recovery by their keeper, Montgomery, who gives them dark medicine that tastes of blood. Probably just blood. 
Prendick soon finds himself <laughs> stranded upon an uncharted island in the Pacific with his rescuer and the Beast. There he meets the sinister Dr. Monroe, a brilliant scientist whose notorious experiments in vivisection have caused him to abandon the civilized world. It soon becomes clear that he has continued to develop these experiments with truly horrific results. I've heard it was pretty creepy. And obviously very weird. And with yeah. a name like Pendick and <laughs> Lady Vane. I, I don't it's know. such a child. I mean, even the, the cover of the book is fucking cool. And Penguin usually has really dog shit covers. Is that it? Oh. Is it? I guess. That didn't satisfy me. Did that satisfy you? Uh, no. Well, let me check out that, uh, the hike real quick on the Amazon. Yeah, we're only 21 minutes. And after I cut out all the fucking bullshit, we're like eight minutes. <laughs> oh, see, you get a paperback for 13 bucks. Yeah, that's not bad. You want to do that as for our next book review? Yeah, man. We do that instead of Dracula. Let me see how many pages it is. Oh, God, come on. Why did they put the page count so far down? Holy shit, is this the whole book? 288 pages. No, look, look at that. What kind of description is that? Jesus. Gee, yeah, like, why is the description so long? Fucking... That makes me not want to read it. The description is the same length as the book. All right, we'll get back to that. Sorry, folks. Let me look up some other weird fiction, because that, that did not satisfy me. I don't know why I thought Penguin Random House would would uh, intrigue me so much. Let's see what we got. Um, here's one from Culture Trip. Maybe that'll be a little little up your alley's movie. Maybe, maybe. House of Leaves. What the fuck? We have to leave. Half of it's in French for no reason. Stupid. Ooh, yeah, these are different. We got the complete short stories of Ambrose Pierce, a veteran of the American Civil War and author of the brilliantly cynical Devil's Dictionary. Ambrose Bierce originated weird fiction with stories like The Damned Thing and The Eerie, an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge, which you can read for free on DPW, by the way. These tales not only influenced Poe and Lovecraft, they would go on to inspire HBO's True Detective, which borrowed elements of 1886 Inhabitant of Carcosa, written before the author crossed the border to observe the Mexican Revolution and disappeared forever. Ooh, that sounds intriguing. I, uh, I didn't really care for that writing style from what I remember, though. Ancient? Oh, I guess I didn't send this to you, did I? No. That's That would probably be, like, you know, not a dick move. I'm just sitting here looking at all this cool stuff, and you're over there looking at your phone like you're looking at cool stuff, but clearly you're looking at something else. Probably pornos. Probably ladies. Or dudes, I don't know. Whatever you get into over there. Spencer. I was checking out the more books on the Amazon that I don't need to buy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I do that all the time. Hey, Spence, you want to read Dracula? Oh, what's this, The Hike? Yeah, let's read that, too. Fucking word. Page. Um, anyway. Well, you know what, uh, the, before we get, like, weird, you know, we just did, you know, we just got done doing a couple couple months ago, the Conan stories. You consider the, those weird? Some, some of them get pretty weird. They do get a little weird. I would recommend everybody read the Conan collection. Just because it's fun. There's funness. Ancient Sorceries and Other Weird Tales by Algernon Blackwood. Uh, we talked about Mr. and Mrs. Algernon. I don't remember if that's a, a man or a lady. I think it's a man. Uh, we What did we talk about Algernon before? Did he did he do something we read or we were going to read? I remember that name popping up on this podcast. Let me read this. Maybe it'll ring a bell. 
The stories collected in Ancient Sorceries and Other Weird Tales by Algernon Blackwood features the natural and the supernatural at their most unknowable and sublime. His Willows, a genre-defining tale of two casual canoeists stumbling upon an intersection between worlds and Wendigo, in which a menace from native legend is unleashed upon a group of hapless travelers. Maybe, was that in that, maybe the, uh, when we were doing the African-American authors? Maybe. I don't know. We'll remember, Spencer. I feel like we should remember. Yeah, well, I mean. There's a lot of things we should remember. Yeah, let me look up this, uh, feller. The broadcaster, he was about as white as you can get, Spencer, so probably (laughs) not the African-American episode. He was old, too. He, we definitely, I know that name. We definitely looked up something. Maybe it was just when we were talking about the Wendigo before, when we were talking about Native American folklore. Maybe. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Here we go now. This is a little bit weirder H.P. Lovecraft. The Call of Cthulhu by H.P. Lovecraft. Or as you would actually pronounce it. <laughs> is That's the proper. Because you're not supposed to be able to, a human tongue Can't. is not able to say the ancient one's names. Here's the big one, H.P. Lovecraft's The Call of Cthulhu is perhaps the most recognized piece of weird fiction in the world and his forays into the ghastly unknown. Featuring creepy horrors in lonesome New England towns and unsuspecting students of the fictional Miskatonic University at the edge of sanity changed the course of American literature forever with reoccurring elements like the cursed book called the Necronomicon and the squid-like monster Cthulhu, his work is a complete world unto itself. His sense of evil something that teeters just out of the reach of our minds to comprehend. What is it about New England, specifically old New England, that makes such great horror setting? Well, I think it's, I think it's more along the lines of like, because isn't that where he lived? Well, yeah, I'm, but I'm not, I'm. Like, obviously, that's why he wrote about the location, but why does it seem to make... Because, you know, there's horror writers from all over, but why is it like... Because Stephen King's from Maine, and he always writes about New England and Maine, and again, great setting for horror, whether it's the wilderness out there or... Yeah, I would say maybe because it's still, like, kind of open, But, like, H.P. Lovecraft, he has those old seaport towns, but then he also goes into, like, the mountains, uh, like, the color out of space. It's, like, these hill people, and then you have... uh, you know, Arkham. Well, well, I think especially back then, too, because, like, you know, it was so different back then. Like, you didn't have a neighbor for, like, miles. You know, sometimes, yeah. sometimes you couldn't even see your neighbor, you know. But no, nothing against the, uh, against H.P. Lovecraft, but I don't know about you, but I know the, like, the first time I've ever, like, encountered, like, the Nepanomicon was, like, the Evil Dead movies. Right. So, like, that's why, like, at first, whenever, you know, I first, like... Like, oh, H.P. Lovecraft, and I was like, oh, I didn't realize, like, that was, like, they kind of stole that, kind of. Yeah, like, they you took know? it from him. Yeah, did you read the Necronomicon? It's only, like, a page and a half long. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, like, they got it in Egypt or somewhere, or some temple in a desert. I, I forget, but it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, next up, The White People and Other Weird Stories by Arthur Machen. The Welsh writer Arthur Machen turns the world upside down in stories like The White People, in which a fey race of changelings is conjured by a young girl's diary. The inspiration for films like Pan's Labyrinth, Machen's stories deal with hidden realms, witchcraft, and possess an internal logic that threatens to overwhelm both his characters and readers. It's a weird picture, too, for that cover. It's pretty cool. Count Magnus and Other Ghost Stories by M.R. James. So these are more like story collections on here. These aren't like novels. 
Well, I can say that's too. Like a lot of that horror stuff is like kind of like we we talk about like the pulp stuff. Like you know, there probably wasn't a lot of lo- there probably wasn't a lot of novels back then. Like you know what I mean? Right. It's probably a lot because you know who a who could afford to put a novel together or buy it. You know, so it's like the like being printed in like the in the paper or the magazines or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's probably the only way you could do it. Oh, uh, there's a bunch more on here, so I think we'll just end on that. Uh, I'll put these, this article in the description because, again, these are more stories, but these are pretty cool collections. And I wouldn't mind checking some of these out. I'll put both fucking articles in the description. So, anyway, we have a few minutes left here. What uh, weird stories have you read or novels that you would recommend to people? Joe Hill's uh, first book, his collection, uh, 20th Century uh, Ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um. A lot of those stories are like very kind of like even like one of them is kind of like a um oh, what's his face like the, the guy who wrote about uh, turning into a bug Kafka yeah like he like he kind of he he has like a like kind of like his character turn, turns into like this cockroach kind of thing mm. and just you know just a lot of cool different uh, different uh, stories especially if you haven't read any of his book before I think it's a good um a good way to get it, you know, to get a feel for the different kind of stuff that he does. Yeah, that would, uh, it's always a good, oh, short stories are always a good way to get into an author, too. Like, because you get a taste for their writing. Yeah. And, uh, because sometimes you, you could read short stories from an author and be like, eh, it's just, the writing style is not for me. And then that, you know, you can go through some on that. I had to look this one, I always forget the name of this, but, uh, Italio Calvino's If on a Winter's Night a Traveler, the name of the book. Yeah. That's that book. Where it's about this guy gets a book in a bookstore and he starts reading it and he really likes it. And you're you're in like the first chapter of the yeah. book that he's reading. And then the second chapter is a completely another book. It was a printing error. So he, he, every, so what essentially happens is through the whole book you just get like a first chapter that's really cool oh, of a yeah. book. I think I remember you t- talking about that before. Yeah, so you just keep reading all these books. Like the first chapters of all these books and you get really into the story and then it switches and then there's also the, you know, the story of the guy and he meets a woman and they're trying to get to the bottom. It's it's really weird, but it's interesting. So you actually read it? Yeah, I read or... that a couple years ago. Um, I'd recommend anybody check that out too. It's pretty fun. I might actually have a paperback of that. I don't remember. I'll let you borrow that sometime. Yeah. Also, Haruki Murakami, almost all of his novels are fucking weird. Outside of Norwegian Wood, which I think was like his first big one, most of his novels deal with just like weird other worlds and fucking strange things. And he has a short story collection where he did the reverse of Kafka. He metamorphosis. He did. I think he did the reverse where it was a bug that wakes up and it was a man. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like it's a bug that got turned into a dude. I'm trying to think outside. Uh, Cause I've read some weird fiction, but I don't like House of Lee. That's just. Do you want to recommend it? That's the problem. I I don't want to recommend a lot of weird fiction, experimental fiction. I just think kind of man. Because you do like go out on a like on a ledge sometimes. Like we'll just be at a convention or something. You just see like a thing, and you're like, I'll try it. And then we sit down for a minute, and you like you like speed through the like first twenty pages. Like, well, how is it? And you're like, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I've done that a lot. Yeah, that's that's poopy when that happens. Ah, that's poopy. I wish I uh, would get into some Philip K. Dick. Because I, uh, what's his name, right? Scanner Darkly, stuff like that. Yeah. I um, 
I think I started to read uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, but I, I it was like a PDF version I had. And I was just oh. like, I'd rather get the actual book. But he's one of those like authors. It's like I'm always interested to read all, but I know I'll get into him and I'll start reading all of his work. So I just haven't I haven't got to that yet. But I, I like Skinner Darkly. The movie was weird. Just a lot of like, like that sci-fi stuff that he wrote was very fucking strange because it was you know like all methed out when he was yeah. like a meth head. Oh, what was that? Um, what was that one big thick black and white comic that you let me borrow that I couldn't finish because it was so goddamn weird? It was like Black Holes or something like that? Black Hole, I think. Uh, it was about the sexually tr- transmitted yeah. diseases, uh, but it yeah, makes dude, people I, like gross or something. I forget. Yeah, like I couldn't, like it was weird. I just, I couldn't do it. I liked it. <laughs> you know what's a good weird one if we're going comics and trades and stuff? Space Riders. Yeah. That was a good one. That was like an acid trip. Yeah, it literally looks like an acid trip. I read those first Nightmare Soup books I got. Those are okay. I'm not a big fan of the writing, but I guess it's steered more towards younger folk. Uh, but I, I feel like when I was younger and read stuff that was geared towards younger people, the writing was still, you know, it wasn't just like the most basic sentence with four yeah. word letter words. At all. Like it was, like they'll 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 try to stimulate the intellect a little bit. But nowadays, I feel like a lot of children's or young adult authors don't do that. And that's an episode for another day. But. Mm. I wouldn't say that was weird. Fucking anything by Clyde Barker, though. Yeah. Guys want to read see, the books of blood. Those are weird. See, that's what I was just trying to not think. Just go and, like, list off a huge, like, run of just, like, Stephen King books that, you know, mm-hmm. I, re- I read. I was, I was trying to think of, uh, like, you know, kind of like a sleeper, like a, like a, oh, you know, a, a weird one um, was from a, Bu- uh, from a Buick 8. I think they're from a bucket or something like that. Is this like like twenty years ago? They, they just this old Buick just gets abandoned at this gas station, but like in its trunk is like this interdimensional portal that like sucks in and spits out different things. Hmm. That was a Stephen King book. Yeah. Is that what was his weirdest thing you've read of his book or short story? Hmm. Just just straight at it. Just strangeness. Yeah. It'd probably be one of like the um one of the short stories because like I really like a lot of his short stories because like it's it's Stephen King but Stephen King he's he, better at ending short to, stories to get, than like, getting mom. to like getting to a point yeah like, you know what I mean like you know what I didn't realize I just I I heard it on a podcast today that uh the cycles of the werewolf and silver bullets that was originally supposed to be uh, like a calendar. I thought it was about periods. <laughs> this is it not about periods? I thought it was about periods. Because it's like, you know, full moon comes like once a month. And then you get really mad. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's, I missed. There's blood. And... Maybe I missed something. I feel like I'm not wrong about that. I feel like that I read that. Maybe when I was in uh, Stanford for a little bit there. Doing my studies. I'm a Rhodes Scholar, too. Did you know that? No. No, I didn't. I didn't either. Um, why are we talking about periods? No, I had a better question for you that wasn't periods and werewolves. Do you think Stephen King is a better short story writer than novelist? So I think he's won more awards for short stories than he has ever, you know, for novels. 
Because uh, think about like you know Green Mile, Shawshank, Shank, Shawshank Redemption. I like that better. <laughs> Shawshank, yeah. Shawshank Redemption. The man in the black suit that won, I think yeah. the highest horror award. I forget. I don't remember the name of it, but uh, that was one of my favorites. Yeah, I mean, because he, like you said, he gets to the point. That I think that's the big deal. Is he gets? I mean, I've read more of his novels than short stories, and I liked his novels so far that I've read. But I could see where there could be some more, you know, some merit to being yeah, a short story writer I, versus. I, I do really enjoy his reading his collections. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't, and that's the thing. Like to just not sound like you know, like the Stephen King kiss up that I probably sound like each every episode. But you know, like he can do those short stories, but then you also have like the stand. Which is rare for uh, write like you know, authors to be not just proficient but really good at doing both. Yeah. Because usually you'll find authors can uh, be like Edgar Allan Poe, where they're great at short stories, but come a novel they suck ass. Or same with H.P. Lovecraft. Or uh, you have other people who can only write fucking these novels, and but just, when they try to write short stories, they it just doesn't, it doesn't work. Yeah. Just trying to think like. I feel like a lot of Steve, like the best movies based on Stephen King, King's work also came from short stories. Or like the smaller books. Yeah, or the, like the smaller, shorter books. Yeah, because like his longer books, like you know, or a series like this. Well, I guess I it could be hard just to make a movie based off like The Stand or Dark yeah. Tower series. Obviously, so that would be a good episode. You know, kind of compare some short stories versus. His longer works, or or just any you yeah, know, author in yeah, general. Yeah, author, yeah. Yeah, I might have to go into checking that out sometime. Huh. But what are you going to read when you're done with Stephen King? I don't know. That's why I'm. That's why I want to try to get like the three, three or four books that I have left. That's why I want to have them done by the end of the year, mm. just so that so then I only have to worry about his book or maybe two a year. You know, and so then that just, that frees me up because, like, I'm so close now, so I want to be done, but then, you know, we also have stuff we want to read for the, you know, for yeah. the podcast, or just, that, you know, other things we want to read, you know what I mean? Book or two a year, that's fast writing. How fast does he write the short stories, you think? Mm. I feel like a short story for him would be like, or maybe it's harder. Well, I, th- I think what, I think he works on the short stories in between, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think when he puts out a short story collection, I don't think he sits down like, oh, I'm going to write, like, 15 short stories. I think just as he's writing, he writes these short stories, and they kind of just get put away yeah. until there's enough. Must be nice to be able to do that. Are we ever going to read any George R. 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 Martin? Does he have anything that's not Game of Thrones related out there? I don't know, but what the fuck did the R stand for? Oh, my, not gonna. <laughs> Rodrigo Ricardo Martin. Oh, what if it was one of them's Ricky? George R. Ricky Martin. That's really stupid, sorry. Um, I, I don't know. Ashley said he started reading, what the fuck is it? Game of Thrones. And uh, he's not a big George R. 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 Martin guy, but he said that the, the, the political stuff in it was really interesting. See, and like, I would want to, I would want to check that out. But I'm not going to until that last book is until it's done. Like he's been working on it for the past like twenty years. Like I'm not gonna get sucked into that and not ever have an ending. Like you know. Yeah, but here's the thing: Why am I gonna go out of my way to read Game of Thrones 
when Dune already exists, and I can just read Dune, which yeah. I read the first one, that was amazing, and there's 15 books, at least, in that series, and they're all fat, <laughs> fat, girthy. Thick books. Thick books. Some of them thick books. I don't know what you like, them books with a thick uh, spine. Thick. Well, well, we'll start discussing some of them. I want. I do want to read that hike book now, but we'll we'll discuss these things because uh, I still got to finish Moby Dick. I still got uh, Sleeping Beauties, that Stephen King book with him and his son, other son Owen. I I never started that back up after uh, reading uh, um, Blue Lights uh, Yokohama. I'm yeah. still. I'm like halfway through Sins of Scarlet, and I would already be finished with it, but I took a quick like two day break. Well, I still was reading it, just not like I normally read yeah. it. Like I only read like a chapter a day instead of a couple chapters because I read the two those two first volumes of that Nightmare Soup collection, mm. and I have two more volumes of the whatever the name of the second series is. Um, but those literally you can read those in fucking forty five minutes probably. Like I said, it's pretty simplistic writing. But sometimes I just want to read something that I don't have to think about. This is fun. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It's like junk food. Yeah, junk food gets you fat and doesn't fill you up, but it tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, folks, uh, sorry that that whole episode was pretty much just rambling. Like, we had, like, ten minutes of content. Yeah. <laughs> We're not all going to be winners. And a lot of it else was just like, hold on, it's loading, hold on, hold on. Yelling, getting mad. I think I think there was more nitro barking and, and causing a ruckus than yeah. us actually talking about what we probably should have been talking about. It doesn't matter. Once we get the podcast studio, we have a bulletin board with ideas. Ooh, bit me. What was that? Big, that big, huge spider that's just murder hornet. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you folks want to check out our stuff, you can go to drunkenpenwriting.com. Where you can find some weird, strange stories at. Where you can find a lot of weird, strange stories. What's the strangest story you ever read? Wrote, written, have written, <laughs> had wrote, had righted. Are you having a stroke? <laughs> you notice that's been happening to me more and more. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening in my brain i feel like your daily rounds was kind of weird yeah it was like a fun weird yeah i've written a many a weird story none that i want to talk about no i don't feel like talking anymore you could also if you want to get extra weird stalk us on twitter at drunk pen writing start like you start yelling at us because i have been a lot less engaging on there because i just nobody's been very entertaining uh so if you folks when well, now's the time to like social cut media back on that stuff. Yeah, like social media. I've really been cutting back on just like any of that because it's been so goddamn just depressing. Everything's depressing. Everybody's mad. Not just it's not it doesn't make me want to talk about books or writing or anything with anybody. DPW or my personal thing. Um and you can also go on Facebook and Instagram, drunk up and writing. You know where we're at, we're always here. What is hard days. to find? I feel like when the world ends, there'll still be the DPW podcast. What if it's like that Futurama episode where they get the that shitty 90s show that it was like a spoof of Ally McBeal broadcast through space, but by the time it hit them, it was a thousand years later because they're so far away? What if that happens to the DPW podcast and aliens come to Earth demanding Expected. to meet the w- DPW guys and we've been long dead and it causes the whole catastrophe of the world? Armageddon. Yeah. I mean, well, we won't be there to deal with it, so whatever. It's the, that, that's their fault for not making sure that we lived forever, you know? Yeah, you fucking assholes. 
DPW forever. Did you get your tattoo yet? Oh, right, on the on the right or left ass cheek? I forgot which one you were doing. You were doing the cheeks? <laughs> oh, I thought you said hole. <laughs> Fuck! You know how much that hurts. Well, I gotta get that touched up. <laughs> Just get it covered up. <laughs> Caleb, why is your butthole so dark? <laughs> why do you keep showing me? Why are you? Why are you not wearing pants? And why are you spreading your cheeks? Because. It, it, it the, the cool night air feels good on the stinging wound that is my crusted butthole from being tattooed. How do you poop after a butthole tattoo? Because it does like scab over, right? Are there butthole tattoos? Yeah, people get butthole tattoos. I can't wait till we don't have that fucking thing anymore. Oh, is this? Yeah, the ugly flower print on the wall. All right. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Not really. Bye. Bye.